0: Welcome to The Basin Conspiracy, I'm Enyash Brodsky. I'm Steven Zuber, and we have a very special guest today. Uh, Matt Freeman. Matt is the uh, co-host of one of my favorite podcasts, the We've Got Ward podcast, where they expertly dissect the, uh, I can't remember the whole intro, the uh, Wild uh world of parahumans and superheroes and mm-hmm. random stuff uh that was my poor version of their introduction of their show everyone should check it out
1: and he's also the co-host of one of my new favorite podcasts as well the Doofcast, where they do the same thing with media of various kinds uh they've recently done it with fifth element and bound which are movies i love and uh just did it with your name Mm i listened to that one today and now i have to go see that
2: yeah i I recommend that one and uh, you guys are gonna make me blush uh thanks for the introduction (laughs)
0: Well, thanks for coming. This is great, and I love your podcast too. By the way, I should say Aww. that. Oh, l- thanks. Listen to every episode. We, we try. Yeah. Speaking of trying things, and speaking of your guys' podcast, I could tell from a few episodes ago that you guys shared notes before the episode, and here we are, what three years into our show, and I'm like, Inyash, we should start doing that before episodes. <laughs> we should have like a rough schedule of things to talk about. What? And so we just
1: fly by the seat of our, <laughs> our pants and try to make up for it in post.
0: We we've we've brought like personal notes a couple of times. But we I have. Feel like working on this will be fun going forward and of course we do on an episode where we, we don't really have an actual itinerary or something specific to discuss right so now i've got hodgepodge notes for a hodgepodge episode so buckle in katrina
1: yeah. used to be a big notes person yeah
0: she would always show up with like an outline
1: and everything and we were like that's awesome and then she left and we're like well i'm not taking that job over it."
2: it can be a bit of a monster i think our first script was two pages and now our average script is like 17 pages so holy shit um don't let it get out of hand. <laughs> I don't think that'll be a problem with me. I yeah. I'm.
1: How how long after the the arc comes out is it before you put out the podcast?
2: Uh, well, now we're keeping up. So basically, every two chapters. So every, so once a week we put out a, a, a podcast covering the last two chapters, the, the last week's worth of material, whatever amount that was. Okay. So, but when we were doing Worm, we would do we would do one arc at a time, or we would do two episodes per arc. But that was because that was all done. We were just making our way through it.
3: Yeah. Which,
1: congrats, it's fucking huge.
2: That was an epic, epic journey. <laughs> Did not know what I was getting into when I started that.
1: Wait, I thought you'd already read it.
2: I mean, the podcast. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd oh, you it. didn't know what you were getting with the podcast. It's, yeah, yeah right. no, Just those of, things surprise you. Yeah.
1: You're like, it's an hour. Well, how long could it take, really, to put it out an hour podcast? Mm-hmm.
2: And in our, our starting, our first episode, we were like, I think, you know, eventually we'll pick up the pace. We'll do maybe two or three arcs per episode. It went the opposite direction. <laughs> so
1: but as steven was saying very like
0: in-depth and insightful shit
1: well thank you
2: yeah
0: yeah it's things that i don't pick up on at all because i'm not i'm working i'm trying very slowly like i should have gotten this in probably primary school but i didn't read those books because i was a bad student um well but you you guys dissect stuff in a way that like you notice motifs and themes that i never you know would have noticed on my own
1: i've watched bound a number of times and i did not quite uh i never picked up on the the focus on the hands which after you said it oh yeah totally true nor on the fact that like everyone is in boxes both visually and metaphorically and it's about
0: breaking out of those boxes like oh my god i have to listen to all your stuff now yeah i I mean that level of analysis completely escapes me on things so that's why i find it really interesting to like when i'm when i'm reading stuff on my own yeah okay okay right so that's why we have these podcasts exactly it's usually being forced to
2: think through and talk about the thing that makes these things jump out like a lot of these Uh, Scott's actually better at noticing stuff like that than me. But like, almost nothing jumps out at me when I'm watching a movie. It's always like later when I'm like, okay, I know I have to talk about this, so I have to think about smart things to say, (laughs) or or or, or when we're actively talking about it, things will occur to me. And how can I trick people into
0: thinking I'm smart? Exactly, that's (laughs) my whole life right there. (laughs) So. My, my way of doing that at work is, you know, there's enough people there that sometimes I only see some people once or twice a week. So if I can say something smart in those, like, five-minute conversations, then I'll just leave them for a couple of days. Yeah. And, and then just
1: assume you're always
0: doing that exactly. every five minutes. That's, that's the trick. Yeah. That's what you're like. Leave on a high note like a comedian. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so what are we talking about today? I don't know what order you guys wanted to take this in. Um, according to our notes here, I thought we, we brought this up at the meetup on Tuesday, which was... Three four days ago, mm-hmm. batted days. It's been a long week. It's um, been three days to go now. Oh, gotcha. That makes sense because it's Friday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, there was the, I guess, thought experiment, or I don't know if it was a thought experiment or an actual proposal by Robin Hanson. It probably an actual proposal. But like no one's listen. like he's not proposing this like to anybody, just like to us. So, well,
1: I mean, to anyone who'd listen, he he put it on the web and was like, "Hey, here's a thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who wants political suicide? <laughs> I think it's a
1: genius <clears throat> idea.
0: Yeah, but we're not the main voting block, right? So <sighs> yeah, fucking voting blocks. All right. So what's what's the what's the idea? I I think
1: we talked about this once before on the podcast, maybe, but it's the banned things store. Where uh, anything that is banned by the government, there's a special store in every city or every state or something. But, you know, not too terribly out of the way uh, that sells all the banned things. And, you know, it's called the banned thing store and there's skull and crossbones. And it's like buy these things at your own risk. You could die and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, they, anything that is banned everywhere else, uh, you can get there legally because then he cuts the feet out from under the black market. And, you know, sometimes people have a legitimate reason for wanting things. Other times, they just want their drugs. But, that, sure, there's your banned things. And and it's,
0: I mean, I would go there so much for prescription drugs, honestly. Did he draw a caveat for, like, obviously bad ideas, like WMDs or, you know, bioweapons or big bombs? He didn't, but I think that goes without saying. Because those things, are those even, like, banned? Yes. I'm sure that there's a law somewhere saying, I can't have a nuke. Okay. I would certainly hope so. I mean... At that point you're committing an act of war. <laughs> <laughs> Which is technically banned. I'm sorry, right? <laughs> is it though? Or do they just fight you? Will we go to prison? You'd you'd probably be killed by the army. I feel like we're digging our way too yeah, far this. Yeah, yeah. So let's assume that there's no WMDs to stave off that obvious yes, thing. Yeah. Right. So uh Yeah, I think a lot of it comes
2: down to the price too. Like if you're gonna go to the ban things like another thing is you you automatically think of like, okay, well, if you have it all in one centralized place, then You can keep track of the people who are buying the banned things. You can tax them heavily, which also helps and is better than that same, you know, fund is going to the black market, obviously, for, well, like you mentioned. Um, So you're simultaneously, like, defunding the whole criminal underworld and keeping tabs on the kinds of people who want the kinds of things that the state doesn't like, which could be viewed as a downside, actually. Um, But yeah, if you're going to go to the store to buy a WMD, everybody knows you did that and they're just going to follow you and, <laughs> yeah so
1: but i think more than anything else i like the idea because of all the uh, not not even well obviously i think the drug war is awful and recreational drugs shouldn't be uh, banned at all but you know i just came back from
0: burning man so
1: <laughs> <laughs> and i've held that opinion for a long fucking time even before i ever did any drugs uh but uh just the amount of medical interventions that are banned I think because you know this might be harmful to people, or that you have to go through a big old process to get. I'd be like, sometimes I just want to take my chances, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Um, I'm trying to organize my thoughts here. So yeah, we'll get we'll get into the fun backlash for well, not the fun backlash that Yudkowsky got and that he re- responded to in his uh, last wrong essay. Um, Policy debates should not be one sided. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm in support of the idea too, at least in broad strokes. Maybe I like I'm. I'm not rejecting it out of hand anyway. Like I don't like the idea of having to go get a, prescri- a permission slip to go get a prescription. If I feel like I need it, yeah. you know, like I'm not a medical professional, but if I feel like I need a sleep aid or an alertness aid or, um, to turn, you know, to drugs and stuff or painkiller, whether for pain or for fun, um, I can get it. It's mm-hmm. just like, do I want to, um, or, you know, uh, you know, psychedelics or something that you can't tell what they are by looking at them. Like the vast
1: majority of things that are not the vast majority, but a lot of things that are banned are banned for the people's own good. You know, if if you took this, it would harm you. So we must ban it. Or if you were to get this loan, it would take advantage of you. So we must ban it or whatever. And I am really, I'm a fucking adult and I can make my own mistakes. And if I really look into something and I'm like, I can see how this is harmful for a lot of people, but, I want to do that harm to myself or I think in my situation is good, fucking let me. That's what the ban store is for. It's for the things that protect, supposedly protect people from themselves. I, I, Whenever I hear someone say something like, do it for the children, which I also mentioned at the meetup, I right away think that is a shit law and a shit reason and I am totally voting against this because I do not think we as a society of adults should be constrained by laws meant to protect fucking five-year-olds. So,
0: I'm not a five-year-old, don't treat me like one. Like a good example of that might be like, uh, residential speed <clears throat> limits. Like adults are smart enough to not walk in the street, but we have residential speed limits so we don't hit kids. Right. Are, are, so you, do you think that the speed limit on side streets should be forty miles an hour, like they are on, on, like thoroughways?
1: No, not necessarily. I also think that most streets have their own natural safe speed limit. That you safe for who? <laughs> well, I mean, safe for more or less everyone
2: safe to be driven on basically right yeah, yeah yeah
1: there's when a street is cramped and windy and small people go slower i mean that's how roundabouts work they they force you to go slow because you have to make this turn mm-hmm. and when there is a large straight flat multi-lane road with a concrete median or something in the middle separating the two opposing sides and no cross traffic and the speed limit is set at 30 miles per hour there, you know it's set at 30 miles per hour so they can rake in the cash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is a 45-mile-per-hour zone naturally.
2: Yeah, you know there's a town there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a trade-off between safety and, and freedom, which is like an ageless political question. And yeah, I, I think, I, I don't know, I'm definitely someone who would prefer things to be more on, on the freedom end of things. You can think of examples of stuff like alcohol where that drug should definitely be illegal considering what other drugs are illegal. Oh yeah. Um, and, and it used to be, and exactly like what you, what you just outlined about organized crime made it so that they were like, fine, fine. We'll make it legal. Um, that's just sort of a microcosm for all of the, all of the ways in which, um, the nanny state should probably back off, let people make their mistakes and then just tax things Mm -hmm. and everything would be fine.
1: Although, I mean, there are some things where, you can hurt a lot of other people, like you were saying with WMDs, or in my opinion, no one... people shouldn't be necessarily forced to get vaccines, but if your kids are unvaccinated, I don't want them in a school or any other public building where they come in contact with a lot of other people
0: because they are fucking plague rats. Certainly if they don't have a medical reason for not being vaccinated. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you shouldn't be not allowed to attend public school because you have a genetic issue that makes a vaccine very dangerous for you. Yes, yes. But since you're one in 10,000 or something, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. if if it's super trendy in California to not get vaccines, then you get, what, that measles outbreak a few years ago at, what, Disneyland? Was it Disneyland? Yeah, yeah. certainly should not be allowed in Disneyland.
2: Interesting tangent on that. I mean... Uh, my, me and like my kids' mom and I, when we were having them, especially the first one, we we were kind of like, you know, let's look into the actual science here because it's irresponsible just to be like, well, scientists say vaccines are 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 safe, so that's that's fine. Like, so we actually looked into it and we like asked doctors, and they would be so dismissive and like patronizing. Hmm. Um, and I'm I'm a scientist, so it's it's very irritating to me when it's like, no, no, I'm I'm being epistemically humble here and trying to find out the actual reasons why. And you're actually making me feel like I'm being scammed mm-hmm. when it, in actuality, everyone should get vaccinated. But. Did you
0: say that to a doctor? Cause I think if you'd said that sentence, they might've immediately changed disposition because they probably get like, doctor, should I vaccinate my baby five times a day? Because they get it from people who, you know, get their medical advice from Johnny McCarthy. Right? right. So they're, they're sick of answering this question. Granted, they should definitely be more, um, personable and deliver this better right because you get these you know standoffish uh... yeah
2: i've I've experienced similar things with like uh, uh, i had a kid get like a whole bunch of ear infections in a row and they had to be on antibiotics for a long time and i was like hey i'm kind of concerned at how long she's been on antibiotics and the doctor's like real like immediately annoyed and dismissive and it's like i'm not actually wrong to be worried about that it's Mm -hmm. just he has a point that it's like it's better than the disease but i don't know I, i i it's it makes me feel like they can't actually explain themselves, which is a problem. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I really miss my previous doctor. He quit the practice to go into policy, but God, he was good. And he would like take, at least me, I'm assuming he did this with everyone, just take me very seriously, explain things, talk through things. He was such a good doctor,
0: man. That's why I didn't shop around for LASIK, was the guy I talked with for my consult. We talked for like 90 minutes, and he couldn't have been more patient and articulate and I asked him at the end, I was like, have you ever like, you know, delivered lectures or anything on this or taught students, you know, in this? And he's like, oh, yeah, I've taught, I don't know, a few hundred lectures and wrote like four books. And I was like, that makes perfect sense because you, what you delivered here to me was just perfect. And uh, that granted, you know, I'm not coming down on doctors. I'm coming down their bedside manner for sure, and their yeah. like patient interaction. But like, you know, the profession—we're not anti-medicine or anything. Just caveat. But I guess never mind. We know our audience; they're not gonna think we're idiots. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, if if I had a point, it was that I think there's a responsibility to like actually represent the science and not just like badger parents into doing things, even if yeah. they're the right thing, because it, this is why they are anti-vaxxers. I mean, maybe that's a strong statement. I feel like there'd be less anti-vaxxers if there was less dismissiveness.
0: Totally, I think you're absolutely right. Um. So, this gives us a, uh, an opening to segue back into the Bad Things store. And so, Yudkowski had this, uh, I think it was a comment on Hansen's thread on this that, you know, sure, but then some, you know, poor mom of, you know, single mother of five is going to go in there and buy, you know, Dr. Magic's snake oil of, you know, some whatever tincture. S- sulfuric and, acid, right? Yeah, <laughs> sulfuric acid and dye. And people took that as like, so you're against this, you know, what the hell? And he's like, no, that's just what's going to happen. Right. And so... It, it. I love this. Was this was the post of uh, policy debate should not be one sided. That uh, and it's part of the what um, politics is the mind killer subsequence or sequence because the fact that he's saying this is a flaw with this position. I still endorse it. Mm-hmm. I do not remember if he came down for or against it. I don't think it really matters. But the point is, is that Hanson would probably readily agree to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some some people are going to die. Yeah. Um, and that makes you look like a monster. People, right. Like if even one person
1: dies from the sulfuric acid snake oil. We no. should get rid of this store.
0: Well, well, it makes it look like a monster, but it also, pointing that out, makes it seem like you're against it. When it's like, no, that's just an accepted cost. Gotcha. And yeah. people aren't able to do that with positions they agree with. Yeah. Whereas with the current
2: system, with, with no banned things store, um, we've accepted the costs that are completely invisible and unclear. Like the cost of people going to find things on the black market instead, which is not viewed as a consequence of our current policy. It's viewed as people are cheating the policy and but it is a consequence of the current policy so
0: yeah. yeah i mean you know even just you know you mentioned buying things like drugs i imagine you know prescription drugs just still have their imprints and everything that you could tell them tell what they are but if someone is hypothetically buying illegal psychi- currently illegal psychedelics on the black market and not at the bad things store uh, or the banned things store then you don't really know what you're getting no. You you can buy at home test kits and they're expensive and they're somewhat reliable, but they use up some of your expensive product that you just bought. And so for the most part, you're just taking your dealer's word for it. Um, I'm assuming hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get this, you know, bag of Brown stuff and you're told, yep, go have a good time. And it's like, well, what's in it? It's, like, it's what, it's what you bought or it's what I told you it is. And it's like, okay. <laughs> um, so you would, you would get rid of a lot of that uncertainty um, with, with, just safe access to it i don't think that it would be possible for anyone to accidentally buy fake weed because um, it's pretty identifiable i think even to people who are probably first-time buyers assuming they googled it first mm-hmm. but you know medical or medical first and then recreational dispensaries you know we live in colorado they're bringing in a fortune and uh i mean i don't have ever gone to a dispensary I've, I've bought edibles and stuff there before um it's been a long time i used to help me sleep and it stopped but um i assume they look a lot like smoke shops yeah, but they're, they're actually pretty, prof- like, they're professional, like, right. in a way that, like, is also, like, super hippie and it reeks a pot in there, but, like, um, they're, they're there to talk you through the products, like, I asked, you know, hey, what do I need for sleep, and, you know, if I, no, no, something, you know, maybe maybe um, that, you know, would kick in later, they're like, oh, then you don't want an edible, you want a pill, and I'm like, oh, perfect, you know, and that's not, like, a great, you know, medical degree, di- or prescription there, but that's, you know, professional helpful, right, yeah. so if you could have that for all the stuff. I wonder if there's anybody who's in favor of the banned thing store who's not in favor of people owning guns. Probably one. <laughs> and I, I bet... I don't know if there's a... a I don't I don't. I don't think you could have that level of... Of... um. Contradiction? contradiction. Yeah. Well, lack maybe. Lack of consistency?
3: Hmm. I'm yep.
0: sure you... I, I would like to say that I don't think it would be possible to have that lack of consistency too, but right. I I bet I bet Because if can. you ban guns, then they go
1: in the banned gun store. <laughs> 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 yeah.
2: Well, yeah, the, the WMD... Um, example is is instructive because it's like look there's no reason for anyone to own this like there's like even even heroin you could say well at least someone's going to use this for their pain or something but there's no reason for someone to own a wmd except to kill a lot of people which is which is illegal (laughs) so um but i I mean i don't know i'm pretty sure second amendment is that's the right one right enthusiasts would would say those there's lots of reasons to own guns so
0: i think the second amendment is one of the worst reasons to own guns just i mean so i i mean guns are just awesome that's why i would own (laughs) one yeah i'm 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 more pro-gun than my average friend but uh i'm not pro-second amendment i you know there was a quote somewhere online that like you know the founding fathers didn't even know what the fuck a germ was like what am i gonna take their position on literally anything today right um (laughs) So what, what what do you have against the Second Amendment, specifically? I have, I have an issue specifically with saying these people 300 years ago thought of literally everything that will happen in 20, 2018. Hmm. I also like like to hand wave and say, oh, I have the same issue with the, with the Fugitive Slave Clause in the Constitution, too. Just as an example of something like, look, these guys weren't omnipotent. If that's your actual claim that, no, they were literally, you know... Well, shouldn't you have that same objection to all of the amendments, then? I do. Well, to basically, like, to any... I, I don't think that's something's worth doing because it's in the constitution. I, I think I think it's a it's important to have a a guideline like that the government sticks to, okay. but to say that's the reason um I'm, I'm not a uh, political scientist. There's probably great reasons to say that, that we should just defer to that in cases of, of concern, but I think in any reasonable circumstance there'll be other factors to point to as to why that's the right reason. Well, just I like think- I just like I might say because it's in the Bible is a bad reason. I think they have really the...
1: good shelling fences, though. The I mean, yeah, Bible is bullshit. But uh, things like the, the actual government documents, there's some things you just don't want to be fighting about constantly, you <clears> know? <throat> it's been how many years? Like 30, 40, 40 years now that the abortion debate has been going on back and forth. And, you know, every now and then just settling something and drawing a line saying, look. This is settled now. Let's argue about something else for the next 40 years. Sure. So I, I'm I'm glad that there's things like uh, the freedom of speech enshrined in the Constitution because apparently we still have to fight about that anyway. But but, 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 yeah. freedom but of speech at least is, it's there. Freedom
0: of speech is a good idea, not because it's the First Amendment, right. but for a bunch of other independent reasons. Exactly. But and it means so, that I don't have to fight as much about it because it is there. That's, that's fair. I mean, like I said, the Fugitive Slave Clause was in the Constitution, too. Right. Right? So not everything in there was literally perfect or no, not literally no. everything that was perfectly perfect. Nah. So I, I think my, my position is just more like, uh, to the extent that was the fugitive slave thing in the constitution, it was taken out, but it, well, it was taken out as, uh, after what decades later. Hmm. Um, so, uh, I had this looked up before, but not okay. in the last five years. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Oh, I don't know. I, like I said, I can be on the right, I can be on the same side of, of a of a, a desire or a person who desires to own a gun, but disagree with their reasons, right? I don't think that the idea that some, someone who's been dead for hundreds of years said it was a good idea is a good reason. Um, what they said it was a good idea is, like, have a musket that you can shoot once every 45 seconds so that the government can't take you over, because that's all we have right now, too, right? So, like, you know, people can get into the history. I think we're getting kind of derailed, but <laughs> right. um, I think... That, that's, that's all I'm going to say.
2: I mean, we should actually be allowed to own, like, Harriers, according to the Second Amendment, because we should be allowed to own weapons that can protect us from tyranny. And apparently, mm-hmm. right? So now, I mean, handguns and, and rifles are absolutely not going to cut it anymore. So there actually should be these, uh, you know, weapons of mass destruction in the banned thing store. I've changed my mind. <laughs> we have to be able to protect, protect ourselves from tyranny. Yeah, it's in
0: the Constitution, they have all the the bulletproof jets and and helicopters and turret guns and stuff, right? We need those too if we're yeah. gonna if we're gonna withstand a being taken over by the government. Yeah, so. an EMP in every house. Ooh, that's my platform. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am I'm, I'm just trying to visualize society working when there's an EMP in everyone's house. Oh yeah. Just like your five-year-old gets upset. And he's like, fuck you, dad. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Don't like the result of the election. Right. The entire power grid of the country is knocked offline.
1: Oh, that big of an EMP.
0: Oh, I mean, every, like you get enough of them spread <laughs> oh, around. Oh, right right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. You think Fortran would just coordinate to do the, one of these like every three hours Seriously? across the country, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. So you brought up the, um, by you, I mean Matt, brought up the Rationalist Community Hub in Moscow.
2: Yeah. Uh, so there was a less wrong post during the last week or so. Um, and it was a very detailed, uh, description of what the rationality hub in Moscow has been doing for the last three years. And I, I I unfortunately read it too long ago to really give a good summary of what it says. It's, and it's very long and detailed too. So I don't think a summary would quite do it justice, but I found it very inspiring and, um, I just kind of wanted you guys to glance at it as like a basis for having a discussion about, I don't know for a very long time, ever since discovering the rationality community, I had this idea of like what it could be. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's never really left me. Uh, So I I don't know Do you guys ever share that image of like, wow, this could be, this could be an important, big, unique thing. And, um, like i and I, I want to be part of that yeah. you know I, I don't know pretty much constantly yeah, yeah good
0: that's what got me into it yeah. and then when we had dinner with robin hansen we was in denver a few months ago he asked us a couple of times like so what does your local community like do and i'm just like <laughs> fucking nothing <laughs> like, well i think what i what i said was you know it's just a place for like-minded people to get together and hang out we don't really have like an agenda and he's like oh well some places i go and they go to meetups and they'll do you know they're working on a startup or they're doing this or that and, and what I wish I had said, was like, no, it's a place to enforce like good, um, the norms that we want, but mm-hmm. the norms that we don't get, you know, in our day to day lives. Yeah. Um, I,
2: I, I will say that I would be sad if we swapped out what we do now for focused, ac- directed activities. I would be happy if we added focus, directed activities. Yeah.
0: And there's been a couple small efforts to do that at our community for the last, in the last few years, mm-hmm. but they tuck her out because. I think it's hard to it's hard to dedicate the yeah, work. Sure. Like one thing I did notice skimming over the uh, the Moscow um, community was it is a long post, but I think they spend like eighty three hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. on like rent and salaries and yeah. workshops. That's, and so they're clearly doing a lot. We spend uh twenty bucks a month on pizza, so yeah. like um it's a very different scale of, of what we're trying to accomplish. But it is inspiring. There's yeah, there's no there's nothing stopping us from doing something super well, awesome.
2: Because like the the guy who wrote the post, I believe, was, like a crypto millionaire or something. So so he basically funded this. I may be making that up, by the way, but he basically funded this himself. Like like put in his own capital. I don't even know if he expects to get it back. I think this might have even been just like I want to see this happen, so I'm going to do it. It's like yeah, we don't we can't do that. But still, it's fun to think about the possibilities. Because basically, he he like created. Um, what they're calling like an uncafe or something what was the word they use anti-cafe anti-cafe yeah which which basically is um for those who don't know which i didn't know is like a cafe except instead of paying for the coffee and then sitting there and using the internet you pay for the internet or for the time and then they have like other amenities that are free once once you've paid for the time um so i mean it's the kind of thing that that i think appeals a lot to students actually um but yeah, base, yeah
1: he he if i recall because i read it earlier today he got a uh, nice stock options from the company possibly startup not sure that he was working for and so he had about a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars which he sunk almost entirely into okay. this over the past several years so
2: i'm just full of shit thank you for correcting me <laughs> yeah well no it's okay um, but, but but i
1: like i i i just want to put that out there like this dude is awesome he's put his life savings into this and that's that i you know want to give him his props for that
2: oh yeah definitely that, that that's really cool to, to put that much of his his net worth into it but yeah so the the um anti-cafe becomes then the hub of the community and it's a lot more of a solid thing because it's like a permanent yeah. base
1: and it's open 24 7 mm-hmm. that would be really and cool they do a lot of activities uh they they have some games they play called um fallacy mania mm-hmm. they do uh style workshops that are like three days long uh not every month but you know with some regularity and they actually do charge money for those he said and just a, a, a whole bunch of both directed activities and just hang out and do whatever activities in four different rooms uh some of them just uh, i think the smallest one was like a bedroom size and the largest one could hold like 40 people in a pinch so yeah
0: a, a whole bunch of cool stuff there that sounds like it'd be great if somebody else did it here. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the main, like, yeah, if I had a million dollars, I think that'd be great to, you know, rent a place, you know, near down, well, downtown would probably suck up that million dollars pretty quick, but right. you know, somewhere that's easy to get to yeah. that people are already nearby. So that's why I was thinking downtown could start people hanging out and, my, and they my, could, they could come in and do their thing. And, my you know, biggest problem is the same. It's the, th- I
1: also have to work, you know, eight, well, I have to be at work eight hours a day, which means more like 10 hours of a day of my life is being sucked up by this and, then you don't have that much energy left, and these things really take a lot of time and energy to do. I I start to undersee. I start to understand why it's cool to have a priest class that just gets a certain tithe of the entire community's money. He's yeah. like, this is my job now. I will take care of the community hub that has a big cross on it or whatever.
0: And I I, I would do not want to actually do that, but. I see now the logic behind it. Well, let's plant a flag in that because we're going to talk about the culty aspect to rationality here coming up too. So, okay, yeah. <laughs> but If we can work a tithing system into this, that'd be great. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if we can like segue between those two two topics because I actually think they're pretty related. Like the, the idea of the idea of the fact that okay. Well, I, before before we
1: segue, yeah. uh, he did say that he was like running out of money, which is why he put the post uh, up. Okay. And uh, and he, like he with the things he explained that he was doing, I was like. I would love to see this sort of thing spread and be in more places. And, like, I don't know how to start this sort of thing up at all. Yeah. Uh, even even if I had, like, the time and the money, I wouldn't really know what to do. And here he is out exploring, doing it, learning the lessons, and, like, putting down a blueprint, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be a really damn shame for this to fold under right now. And they have the Patreon going. So I, I've thrown in my 10 bucks a month for, I don't know, hopefully at least a year uh, to... to just to keep them afloat and see if that institutional knowledge can be retained because maybe someday we could implement this this early test case on a wider basis
2: yeah yeah it, because it seems like he's basically creating a company and and if it can support itself um especially if it's you know receiving tithes which is basically what you described then <laughs> then it could potentially become become a thing that moves to other cities that, that would be that would be really awesome
0: yeah Um, Is now a good time to mention, speaking of tithing and Patreon, that we do have a Patreon for the Bayesian Conspiracy. Oh, we do have a Patreon for the Bayesian Conspiracy. (laughs) We, we, speaking with Matt before the show, we were thinking maybe we should introduce some other
1: things as well to entice people to join it. So maybe we'll be doing something like that in the near future.
0: Yeah, so keep an eye on the Patreon page, even if you're not a supporter yet. Yeah. Or ever. You know, no pressure. I wouldn't call it tithing, though. And <laughs> I, I was I was trying to use that as the transition because so. you know, I, yeah. I
1: want a lot more money from someone if they're calling it a tithe. <laughs> yeah. We're talking percentage points, not dollars. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, cuz like I was going to my segue if if that's it's the way okay to do that is like um I I think I think what the rationality community stands for and what it could be is very important. And um the fact that we're so phobic of seeming like a cult I think has held us back from actually like, accreting any kind of identity. We're, we're, the community at large is so wary of being accused of being a cult that we won't even, like people won't even say that they're part of the community because they're like, oh well, yeah, I read less wrong, but I'm an aspiring rationalist. I'm rationalist adjacent. <laughs> yeah, I'm rationalist. It's like, shut up, shut up. Like, we're, all, we're all aiming at basically the same thing like why can't and and i think there's a very old uh yudkowski post that's basically like uh rationalists are very bad joiners basically they're they're the the certain cluster of people in people space that hate to identify with things mm-hmm. and like well that's a damn shame because we're all we're we all kind of want the same thing even if it, there's like a narcissism of small differences in terms of how we can bicker about the details of that thing we're definitely all facing the same direction. So it's a shame that we can't coordinate a little bit better and in terms of achieving the implicit goals in heading toward that thing.
1: I'm assuming we were all kind of social outcasts when we were younger, right?
2: That sounds right to me.
1: Uh, Stephen. That checks out. Okay, yeah, yeah. me too. And yeah. I, I, I get the feeling that that is a large part of it. You don't, we don't, first of all, we don't have the social skills necessary to cohere as a group and have that sort of mentality, but also just the fear of having another society that can outcast us, you know? I, yeah. or at least that is that is where I'm coming from
0: it. I, would I hope that's not a huge factor. Although the that second part makes sense. I would like to think that the social skills are learnable by rationalist adults, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm but every time I think of like the community that we have going, I'm like
1: this is awesome and I am terrified about everything falling apart. And right now I am very I have learned how to be comfortable alone and as much as I would love the the <laughs> It's like the the Ada Palmer Terra Incognita series. Would you sacrifice this world for one that might be better? I'm like, I don't know. I want that better world, but this one works. Yeah. Can you give me probabilities on might? Like I can't. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, so <laughs> if then... I could give you probabilities, I would have a much better decision matrix here.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can definitely envision. Uh, you know, if you literally take something like the the Moscow example, that just I, I I don't nothing about that sounds bad to me. No. So, so I can't I can't see the I can't see the downside of that. Um, I, I'm not saying that like oh we could just do that. Obviously, we can't. Um, but we could do something. Better. Can't yeah. help but feel.
0: I'm not sure why we're not. I mean, yeah, definitely the aspect of not wanting to be perceived as being part of some cult. I think is part of it. You know, I remember having. A conversation with a coworker that I really respect who's really, really bright. I'd mentioned something about uh Slate Star Codex and oh, you heard of it? He's like, Oh, yeah, I've read some of his stuff. You know, I, I think we disagree on a lot of things. And it's like, Oh, you're aware of like the you know, the less wrong rationality community? He's like, Yeah, I'm aware of it. And he like, you know, mm-hmm. like he had seen it and like, Oh, they're they're crazy. I, I yeah. didn't, we didn't dive too much into it because I was kind of like embarrassed because I don't want to lose space to this guy, yeah. Um, but you know, what I've when I noticed that, I made a point not to let that happen again, so um. I, you know, some of my coworkers, it doesn't, you know, most of my coworkers don't know anything about my personal life or they know very little. So I don't, I'm not avoiding the topic, but I don't also bring it up. But I, if it, if it comes up organically, I'm like, oh yeah, I I coordinate the local rationality community. You know, it's, it's like the, uh, the, or I help coordinate the local rationality community. It's the, um, you know, meet space meetup of an online community from less wrong, uh, this, you know, online group that's been around for a few years. And so I'm, I'm making an effort to overcome that because of that, that aspect that I think there's not a, there's not a good reason to be worried about it, right? This isn't this isn't some weird creepy cult that we're gonna be fired no. for being a part of or something, right? I mean so. the the only
1: thing about it is the possible like you said, losing of social face, like, oh, you're
0: one of those internet nerds. And that's, luckily, that's I work some at, bullshit, you know. Luckily I yeah. work at a software development company. So <laughs> I mean like, okay, yeah, I'm one of those internet nerds. Enjoy your three your three times a week wow raids, right? So right. like <laughs> Yeah. I had a similar experience that was basically
2: like less wrong oh yeah the basilisk God. and i'm like okay that might have that might have ba- come up with basilisk. this guy too oh because right, and right, it's like right. that that's that has nothing to do with the cultiness aspect that's just a completely separate bad meme that that's associated with less wrong and i'm I'm just like yeah i, I don't have anything to do with that that's right. not
1: that's, that was a thing that happened in the forums yes right, that was
2: like 10 years ago or something at this point so yeah glad glad that's still floating around
0: is mm. that our biggest scandal i believe so Alright, well, that's that's not too bad as, as, far, yeah, as far as, as go. scandals go. That ain't bad at all. Yeah, I mean, there's so far we don't have a child pedophilia ring or anything yet, so <laughs> we're, we're not we're not we're big enough to get it. Yeah, we're not <laughs> big <laughs> enough to yeah. get Tides. We first it's, we got to get our own pizza place, and then we got to yeah, build a basement. Right. Well, and, and I think that, like the, to some
2: degree we have like a, a social autoimmune disease because. I mean, so did, did you guys? Were you guys familiar with like the dragon army thing that they tried to do in Berkeley, yeah. or they did do in Berkeley actually? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm not, catch me up. So, yeah, hmm, maybe you can help me summarize it. But basically, sure. um, a, a handful of people, I don't know how many actually, uh, got together and they were like, we're going to do one of these Berkeley uh, group houses. Except they decided they were going to be um, almo- almost like paramilitary about it. I and, think I did know about this basically, one. Basically, like, this guy's in charge. You have your responsibilities. You have your obligations and expectations. And if you don't stick up to them, there's consequence. And it's like, Everyone who came came willingly because they wanted to be imposed upon by this kind of, like, social structure with the understanding that that's very motivating and it makes you a better person. And pe- people freaked out about it. Like, they're mm-hmm. like, this, is, this, is, this guy's a fascist nutcase. He's probably a psychopath because he want, and it's like, okay –
0: like
1: he was just trying something new with volunteers. It's like a trainer yeah. at a gym who's going to like yes. encourage you to attend, right? Yeah. and cool.
0: the, the other people are your gym buddies. And part the part of the point of having that sort of that enforcement is to keep you in it. Yeah, right. So, well, it,
1: it's part of the same reason that uh, your parents, when you were a kid, would say everyone eats dinner together. It is good for social bonding.
2: Yeah, it was all. It was pretty well thought out, and like th- there were some like intelligent criticisms of it, but most of it was literally just like smearing, like, like associative, like this, this reminds me of things that are bad. Mm -hmm. Therefore it's bad. I'm like, that's, and and the, the ratio of that kind of comment to the good kind of comment was very high. And I was like, this is really disappointing because basically tells me that like the the actual capacity for experimentation and growth has got to be pretty low. If, if we're, if we're cutting things off the table that are basically necessary things for forming an
0: organization, Mm -hmm. And most of these criticisms came from from within the community. This wasn't. all of them. So I mean, it would would have been more understandable if somebody from the outside heard about this house. People get together and then wake up at six thirty and work out every morning or whatever, and then do this and that. And they do it because they're part of this online group called Less Wrong. It's like, oh, that's interesting. I've heard of other groups that do that, like Scientology, whatever, (laughs) right?
1: P ninety nine X. So P nine. What is it? The
0: P ninety X. P P ninety X. Okay. Um, i guess it would have been understandable from the outside so what did happen from the inside why let's let's try and i maybe not steel man is the right word try and empathize with what was going on here try and model the people who would attack this very fairly what was what if you were ripping them apart for doing this what would you have been saying or why would you have said it
1: i well i didn't say anything uh i think publicly i said something along the lines of god i don't remember if i commented at all i would have said something along the lines of They're your adults do what you want you know let these people try their thing. We got to experiment and see what works. Um, as an emotional reaction, I was like, oh, fuck no. I'm staying the hell away from this because I very much have the uh, disliking of authority and anyone trying to – I want to, like – I want to want a, a, a that sort of uh, social structure where my brother was in the military and he says that was such an amazing thing to have this group cohesion, you know? And I'm, I'm very sorry for him that he was in the military because that's a shitty place to get this thing. But uh, I, I'm not... I'm really rambling. I'm not good with that sort of feeling that I am being imposed upon by an authority figure. And whoever was in charge of this would automatically become the authority figure that I have to rebel against and be like, no, fuck
2: you. I ain't going to do this because you told me to do it. Do you think you would have felt the same when you were like 20?
1: Oh, yeah. I've been feeling been this way, way my entire life. Because
2: yeah, yeah. I feel like my feeling was like... Man, I wish this had been around when I was 20, because I would have shaved my head and been a space monkey immediately. But, oh, really? but like now, I'm like, yeah, I'm, i kind of already got my personality kind of locked. Oh. So, so oh. I don't know if I, like like nowadays, I might even try it just to
1: try a new thing, as long as I knew the barrier to escape was the the, bar- the, the barrier to exit was really mm-hmm. low. But part of the point of one of these exercises is to make the barrier to exit a little higher than most things. So yeah. I well, that still makes, probably wouldn't have signed up. That's but. like
0: signing up for boot camp in the military that like right. you, you can leave, mm. you know, but the idea is that it's, you know, there's some shame involved and there's probably some paperwork or whatever and lots of incentives not to, you know, you lose your, your pay and benefits that you actually finish the program. But, yeah. uh, that part of that is to keep you in it. Right. Okay. And at the, it's like, um, uh, I mentioned stick before, I think on the last episode. Um, with two Ks, I'm not sure if they're still around. But the idea that you could put up your own money mm-hmm. to say, if I don't commit to going to the gym every three times a week, then I lose the yeah, money. They're still mm-hmm. around, yeah. And then that way, it's uh, oh, good. I'm glad they're still there. I, I think uh, the reason I had such a negative reaction to it is because it, I was raised
1: in a cult uh, and not, <laughs> yeah. a, a mild cult, not yeah. not a hardcore one. But right away, I was like, nope. Someone who thinks that they're in charge, I am allergic to all this. Get me the fuck
0: out. But this wasn't actually a cult, and you can no, see that it, no, wasn't. it wasn't. Yeah. So I guess I'm, I'm curious. You, since you weren't actually impassioned to, you know, go to the keyboard and say this is a bad idea. Right. But neither did you come out and defend it. So I don't remember if I came out and defended it, but I
1: would have said, we need more experiments, go for it. Mm-hmm. They're adults, they can do what they want. Yeah. I just personally had squish, squeamish feelings about it and would have never touched it. Yeah,
2: I, I think I, I don't remember, but I think I probably didn't say anything because I was like, this sounds really interesting. But it really is possible that this guy is like just... Uh, uh like psycho who who wants to put himself in a position of power and right. then I will really regret having said this was a cool idea right right um which i now feel a bit cowardly about because what was actually happening is like everyone who knew him personally was posting and they were like really you people have this all wrong like you're you're mischaracterizing this and and they would have been the ones to trust about it i think
1: no. so um, I part think, of your whole it's easy to assassinate people on on a character assassinate people
0: online yeah
2: thing. definitely yeah Definitely part of that.
0: So my, the other way to spin that though is it. So why were why was the other why were other intelligent rationalists speaking out against it so vehemently if they weren't coming from a cult like background? I guess Uh, uh, I can't quite sympathize because maybe
2: just a a general background of people who've been abusive to them and and pattern matching this guy's behavior to this is a controlling individual who just gets off on power and it's going to become abusive. It's going to become a. uh, Milgram experiment or Stanford prison experiment, either. But, no, Stanford prison is the one I'm going for, yeah. even though that one was apparently complete bullshit. Yeah. Um, but I think that's probably the pattern match that's happening.
0: But aren't we better than that? I mean, are we supposed to be better than that? We're supposed to be better than that. Yeah. And, yeah.
2: and and as the thing was described, sounded to me like it was thought out pretty well. So and
1: That's the weird thing. It's like we, everyone signing up for that is in the rationalist community and so you would think okay these are people who are at least familiar with rationalist skills they can maybe take care of themselves and yet everyone still right away jumped on the this is a cult people shouldn't do it because i guess the the urge to protect people from themselves is very strong
2: yeah that's well put yeah it's like an expectation that once they get into this environment they're going to become brainwashed yeah and not be able to leave and it's like that's a pretty low expectation of human beings in general and
1: how when were you born roughly ish
2: 85 85
1: okay i i remember in the late 80s up through the i think mid 90s there was the whole satanic panic and uh-huh. the cult thing in the US maybe the you know younger generations coming after us won't have quite this same mentality cuz dude i absolutely remember the yeah you if you play dungeons and dragons you're going to end up murdering your friends in a basement cuz you're going to get brainwashed into thinking that you're yeah these you know people on these adventures and when your character dies you got to kill the player too keep it realistic you know but that's the average idiot that's 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 not the average rationalist so as
0: long as long as we're talking about how we're not a cult we can say that there are aspects of the rationality culture that are better in some respects than culture at large yeah but i think it's still hard to to internalize
1: that that just the the impulse to 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 it, paternalism comes so naturally to everyone, I and think. admitting that makes us sound culty
0: because well, every every subgroup will say that, right? Yeah. So well,
2: and 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 I don't know those guys, so they could be. I mean, like I I feel like even if you're like a Mormon, which is a fairly close knit um thing, like I've I've definitely I've like my Facebook wall right now is is alive with people who are like Mormons arguing with Mormons about this scandal that's happening. The details aren't really that important, but I could go into it. But but basically, um. I am slightly interested. There's a Mormon scandal right now? Yeah, it's this idea that um, uh, there, there's some interview that's part of their process of, of going through the process of uh, education, indoctrination, however you want to phrase it, and um, the interview is always like one of the church elders alone in the room with the kid, a teenage kid who may be a woman or a man. And apparently there's been um, allegations that this... Context is being taken advantage of for abuse which we've seen in other churches that never happens on church (gasps) right yeah yeah and and then and so a lot of the mormons are saying like you know maybe maybe there just needs to be two people in the room for these things and like the response of the mormon church is apparently like the head of that movement is like going to be excommunicated so it's like that's not a that's not a good look um but but like yeah, this is tangent from what my point was, which was just like, I'm not going to vouch for some other guy who claims to be part of the rationalist community, um, but I'll vouch for my community and the people I know. And I think that's kind of how religions work is there's webs of, of sm- smaller communities of people that are linked by shared ideology across space and they form a global mesh that way. But it only works if you have the local uh,
0: web. Yeah, I that actually brings something to mind. Uh I'm not aware of anybody who's been excommunicated from the Rationality community. Has that ever happened to anyone's knowledge? Well, you'd have to have an excommunicator. Well, so, I mean, you know, other than being banned by Yudkowski on Less Wrong or something, <laughs> um, or on the Facebook group or something. So, mm-hmm. to that extent, I do actually know somebody who's been banned from the Facebook group. <laughs> Me uh, too, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we talked about that on the show. It was it was a complete misunderstanding, but right. it was so plausibly not a misunderstanding that I totally get it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to the extent that we're not, well, A, we don't have the hierarchy in place to do that. So, that's that seems like a point in favor of us not being culty. Um, but there's also not even like a social banning that I'm aware of. Right. I, would, I wouldn't mind if we had a hierarchy,
2: but that, that, that's kind of where I am. Like, I wouldn't mind if we had a hierarchy, if we had leaders, If we had like a, like a level system, you know, of, of like, of like you've taken the CFAR classes and that entitles you to like a certain rank. I mean, I know that, I know like this is probably setting off alarm bells, but, but like for me, it's like... Why why cut things off the table um that could potentially actually cause it to be something that people would want to join instead of just like, oh it's just a bunch of people who talk about a topic?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I think my my initial I, you know, having just considered this for the first time, I only have one or two quick thoughts. And one of them is that I think one of the appeals of the community is that it's okay to say that, hey Yudkowsky, I think you're right on these things, but I think you're wrong on this one, and that's on a bannable offense. Right? Sure. But so I'm pretty sure you can
2: make an organization where that was the case too. Like I can say the president of the United States is wrong about everything and I don't get kicked out of the country. So you just have to have a good system of, of power uh, what, instituted.
1: What is the point of those ranks though?
2: I mean, so in like, response to so this you've whole, into
1: a CIFAR class, I mean, that gives you some status among your peers, but you don't, it, there's I, no churches or anything.
2: Well, I think it means a surprising amount to have that feeling of belonging. So, so like, I was in, in response to this whole, like I had a, I had like a a bad online argument a few days ago and I was like, I want to learn how to be more persuasive. So I was reading like a book on persuasion and part of it is like how much humans enjoy and are susceptible to the feeling of belonging and group norms. I mean, we, and we all know this already, like this is part of our community kind of literature anyway, is, is how, how powerful that can be. So it's like, if, if your goal and maybe this is not maybe you guys don't have this goal but like if your goal is to spread the ideas of clear thinking um arriving at the truth more effectively and pursuing our goals in an effective way spread those ideas as as goods unto themselves then you should want to make an organization that can actually do that in order to have that it would help to have some kind of actual um structure such that human brains would be like oh that's a th- that's an organization. That's not just a bunch of like-minded people. Mm. I, like, and I, I totally understand that people are like, no, Matt, I do not want that. I do not want an organization. I want I want a loose band of like-minded people because that's my thing. And I'm like, well, I, I actually empathize with that very much. And um, everything I'm saying is very take take very lightly. T- take what I'm saying very lightly and as just like blue sky thinking about potential, not not like. I want everything to be the way I want it. Cause that's the opposite of what I'm trying to say here.
0: No, no, I think I get it perfectly. Um, you know, I don't know what, what about all these microphones and recording equipment would make you, would make you think that we want to spread these ideas. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, it, I think, um, I think I heard you perfectly and I think everyone's going to enter. I mean, I, Maybe I'm biased, but I think I interpreted that uh generously enough to not think that you're wanting to that you're arguing for this so that you can accentuate yourself as the one true dictator and, and uh, <laughs> right. although if it worked out that way, you know, uh well, if you say so. There could uh, be worse dictators out there. Right. But I think um I remember back when I go to skeptics, uh like I was more involved in the skeptic community and went to a few conferences. Um I can't remember if this is one of the talks that I went to, or if it was one online. But Richard Dawkins talked about how he was at a skeptics conference because he had said something about how getting skeptics, maybe it was atheists, doesn't matter, getting you know woke folk back in the day that meant something different. Rights, you know, <laughs> right. um, uh, to all cohere and work together in a, a focused en- way was like like herding cats. And he had said, and I think that's a compliment. And in a way, I can totally see where he's coming from, and I think I think you can too. But in a way, like sure, it's a compliment, and that we're hard to corral. But in a in a totally also legitimate way, that's a way that we we since we can't corral and, and coordinate, that's why we don't get anything done. Yeah, well, that's you'd why I, like never go to the moon if you're all a bunch of cats everywhere. <laughs> well yeah but you i mean he, focused effort to get to the moon he, he used the example of like you know politicians clamor to get the jewish vote even though they're like two percent of the united states population or something and there's no one trying to get the atheist vote of 15 percent right right yeah. because we're hard to coordinate but if if and and part of that's but it would go against the the whole point I feel like that, it would,
1: yeah it would go against the mindset of the the
0: atheist in general
1: because at least back in the way the way most people got to atheism was by not going along with society and by breaking out of those organizations and being like, fuck your social systems, fuck your sense of belonging. I care more about being right about this thing.
2: Yeah. But, but that, I think it's, it's an over over-generali- overgeneralization over generalization of that instinct to not be a joiner. Cause it's like, if we're talking, I was talking about Dune earlier, sorry to anyone who doesn't read Dune, but like, if there were such a thing as the Bene Gesserit or the Mentat, I would join that. Even though it's, cult-like because it's like well the,
3: well, the, the thing Benichrist. they turn
2: you into is an amazing godlike thing so like if if there were a rationality community that actually made you like jeffrey si from from stories i would join that in a heartbeat e- even as a like person who wants to be free thinking because it's like well you've you've got the proof you've demonstrated that what you do is actually valuable yeah. right now we don't really have that so and, and i don't know and it's actually pure conjecture that we could even have that yeah. like it's it's science fiction of me to think that you know if we had a rationality organization then we could train people to be to, to perform better and et cetera, and be mentats it's like well maybe not maybe maybe you teach people rationality and you improve their performance four percent on specific things and not not otherwise i don't know i don't know hmm. what do you think <laughs> about mentats steven
0: well steven actually read the book, so I, I haven't think. read the books but I mentats is what they call the smart drug in fallout games so Makes if there's sense. anything like that then uh, i'm a big fan um i'm assuming that's on purpose
2: probably a reference yeah Yeah. i mean is just someone who's been trained to serve like to be so good at thinking that they can serve the function of a computer at need so that sounds dope yeah Mm -hmm. now i'm
0: sure there's great drawbacks because it's a book
2: but well dune is just about like it's about human potential like that's what that's the whole theme of the book so it's like if we're riffing on the idea of like what what you could be if you were more rational that's kind of where my mind goes that all sounds appealing. I think I think people don't necessarily, like, unless you're familiar with like the sequences, I think people don't necessarily understand what it would mean to be more rational. Like, they don't understand how not rational they
0: are. Does that well, make sense? Yeah, or what the perks are. Yeah, like, I'm getting by. I pay my bills. I've got a job and stuff. People might say, but I mean, the hard part for me is like I didn't get to live the counterfactual where I didn't get involved in any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But my life's a lot better than it was five years ago, mm-hmm. and. I think that's because I have more tools to make better decisions and, uh, come to realizations that I wouldn't have come to otherwise. Um, so I, I've got a selling point for myself. I could, I could probably convince myself of 10 years ago that I should get started on this earlier, but I don't know, you know, this is obviously a hard, harder problem than I've given enough thought to, but I don't know how you go to somebody who just isn't really interested and say, look, here's why this is worth, you know, uh reading three million words right. and studying some stuff yeah well and, and i haven't succeeded like
2: the friends that i have who've read the sequences are the people who are going to read them anyway and the people who i've tried to convince who aren't in that class for whatever reason I, I a variety of reasons probably they're just you know no thanks it's like if you had a book on the shelf of barnes and noble that was like this book will make you smarter well, yeah. I
1: would I would first of all just doubt the premise of the book. I'd be like, this right. book sounds like a lie. I'm not giving you my $10. And, and
2: I think that's a great point. Like like there's there's a certain incredulity mm. to the whole thing where it's like, uh, you say that it made you more rational or or whatever. You say you get a lot out of it, but everyone's, a lot of people say things. Maybe the, that's why people think of us as a cult because they're like, this doesn't really help your life at all. But the fact
1: that you keep saying it does makes you sound like you have been, you know, you've drunk in the Kool-Aid. You've yeah. bought into this in system where now you have to tell everyone how much better it makes their lives. Because mm-hmm. though I don't believe yeah, it does,
2: unless you look at the content of it, it's it's just like the secret
0: or something, right? right? Where it's like, no, re- no, really, trust me. It's like, well, no, I don't, I don't trust you. Um, On the plus uh, side, we're not saying, you know, trust me, read these, and give me ten thousand dollars, right? So we have we have that going for us. But I think that's part of what Cifar was trying to do, and maybe still is. But I I don't know if they've published anything. Certainly, nothing that's come trickle down to us yet that has shown. The other downside, too, is that because of you know how small they are and how necessarily small their sample sizes are, and how hard it would be to you know do um, any sort of controls. I I know they've done some. Mm -hmm. You know they'll uh, they'll call some. You know they'll do follow ups and stuff. But for the most part, it's self selected people who want to who want to do this. Mm -hmm. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, this is either something they did or thought about doing, or making this all up. But they thought about uh, paying for some people to come. So you guys pay, you guys are the ones who really want to come and get this. So we'll see how you guys do. And it'll pay for you to come and, see, and you guys will come do that. Well, guys, you guys will do the same thing and we'll see how you do as well. But that's not even really true blindness. Cause those, I mean, if, uh, if the, um, you know, whatever church of Mormon wanted you know, me to come join them for a three week course, unless they're going to, you know, set me up pretty nice for three weeks i'd probably just say no thanks right i think so I, that's already a, st- a pretty small self-selected group it's pretty interesting
1: that as far as i know the single most effective way to get people into rationality has been harry potter and the methods of rationality i'm glad that yeah. came up yeah it's like th- i believe last time ssc had a uh, had a survey like 30 percent of the people who first found out about rationality found out about it specifically from reading that and been being like oh this sounds interesting yeah and I th- that it was essentially feels like me. It's, yeah, it, it feels like it's a great filter for finding the kind of people that do like this kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I w- I would have been rationality adjacent back then because I was listening to Rationally Speaking, and it, you know it doesn't get much more adjacent than that. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, I, I, I was I was in that group of people that would have you know, like you said, would have read it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I just needed to I needed to know it existed.
1: It's showing people what life is like through demonstration, which is you know one of the things fiction does best. But going back to my old cult ways. Um, one of the things we often heard in church was like, just live a good, happy, successful life. And other people will be like, what's that person doing? That's so successful. Oh, he's Jehovah's witness. Maybe Mm -hmm. I should look into that. And so, I mean, you were always, always on display. It's one of the reasons that I don't have any bumper stickers on my car identifying myself as an atheist because I kind of drive like an ass. <laughs> and I don't want people to think, oh, atheists yeah. drive like asses. Yeah. But, yeah, w- it, my entire life, everywhere I go, I'm always under the you know feeling I'm a representation of the group I'm most people most strongly identify me with, which has been a large part of the reason why I try not to
0: advertise the groups I identify with. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. But, that's what, yeah. yeah. I, I tend not to advertise myself at all like I tend to wear darker colors or like nothing with a brand name on it i don't have any bumper stickers not because i don't want to be identified with something but mainly because like if i got pulled over and i have a hillary bumper sticker and there are trump the cop is a trump voter i don't want to get a ticket for that reason so i'm going to be completely neutral to everybody all the time right and i can blend in quietly and no one will, no one will talk to me or bother me but i mean the but, cool
1: thing is especially back in the days like when christianity was being persecuted in the roman empire and stuff if you had some secret way to identify other christians all of a sudden you guys got this really tight bond you know like, oh, shit, you're a Christian. Yeah, no, go off without a without a ticket. And do you, do you need any help with this? You know, how, how are your kids doing? It, it was, if you can find the other people that you identify strongly with, there's much more coordination, even just, like, out in the world, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, like, a vague bumper sticker then on my car of, like, something only another rationalist would get. A big yud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> or just, you know, uh, Harry snapping his fingers like that little logo or something. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, the one cop who pulls me over is like, oh my God, you had methods of rationality. Yeah, oh yeah. man, you're not going to get a speeding ticket. Here's 50 bucks. I don't know how that works. <laughs> now. Um.
2: Yeah. I, I like I like that you brought up the methods of rationality because like that, at the meetup, actually, one thing we were talking about was this idea that, um, number one, I, I feel like there should be a, a more concise um, resource than the sequences. Like, like there is actually benefit to having to to get through millions of words because it 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 sinks in deeper I think. But also I feel like there should be like a one hundred page rationality handbook, right. um, and I, which I wrote two pages of since that meeting. Um, but anyway, uh, I feel like there should be more on ramps because like methods of rationality is a great on ramp. Mm. Um, but there could be many different kinds of of on ramps and HPMOR like. It's controversial is one thing about it. Like it, it, it sucks in a lot of people, but it filters out a a different subset of people. And I'm like, well, what if you had this other thing over here that was, um, rationalist propaganda, frankly. I mean, I can say that that's what we're talking about, except in a, in a different voice without Yudkowsky's idiosyncrasies, which, which I personally love, but a lot of people don't, um, like and i'm not just saying that idly like i i seriously think about like i've thought many times actually over well, over that's the...
1: what slate star codex is right
2: it it certainly yeah yeah that's, that's another one that's a very different animal but it but it is yeah mm-hmm. um and i've thought about like what well, what would i make and it's like well I, I never quite get there actually but it's fun to think about anyway i
0: right. thought of like pamphlets for the same reason mm-hmm. and there's a pdf on the facebook page for the group that isn't so much of like a here's the list but more of like a if this is your first meeting you know you can read this I don't know how long of how many words are in a pamphlet, but like you know, somewhere in like the low hundreds. Mm-hmm. You know, you can read this in you know ten minutes, and you'll you'll be able to follow some of the the, the lingo or something. Um,
1: we have something like that on our Facebook page,
0: don't we? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like a two-page thing. Yeah. yeah. So we have that, um, but it's not a here's why you should be rationalist. It's a here's a way to you know keep up with the conversation at the meetups. Right. Um, I don't know how you could make something that short that would inspire people that wouldn't just be any generic. Here's our cult. Um, no no no, no <laughs> I mean that like yeah. not, not a pejorative way because um, you know when you're saying a hundred page thing I'm thinking that's way too long I'm not going to be able to convince somebody who has no real interest to read a hundred page thing um, and I think it's great and yeah. if you know if you have any interest in making a collaborative effort I feel, feel like that's something our group could do yeah um,
2: that, that, that occurred to me because basically to make it as like a collaborative Google Doc um, And but but like, like you said it, there's so many kind of design questions if you will that go into it like okay what is this? Is this an instructional? Um, does this contain rationality, rationality techniques? Does it contain theory? Does it contain both? Um, is it more of a persuasive piece? Is it more of a this, is a, this is why This is why you should bother with this?
0: Like influence science and practice. Um, have you read that? That's literally what I started reading this week. So Perfect. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. if you haven't, there's that. And then he co-authored another book called, uh, yes, exclamation point, 50 ways to get people to uh, agree with you or something. Um, yeah. And it's just 50 little anecdotes. But yeah, that's a great yeah. book. I strongly Cause recommend it.
2: Because I think we're all on the same page in that it's like we don't want to persuade people. We don't want to trick them. We don't want to trick people. We want to portray what we actually genuinely view as the worthwhile things about it. Because I don't think that document exists. I don't think the...
0: Here is the essay on why you should actually check this stuff out. I don't think that does exist. And to be clear, I was shilling for influence, not for Yes, the book. Okay. Uh, influence is written by Robert Cialdini. And the fourth edition is available on Amazon for a penny. So you just pay shipping. I'm not sure if you can get it with Prime or not, but it's it's cheap as dirt. Cheaper than dirt, probably. I don't know. I've never bought dirt. Um, Depending on the quality of the dirt, it can be expensive. <laughs> right. So the one thing that you can do, like this brings to mind when you said, you know, how to use it. There's, um, I forget the name of the technique, when you're designing an app or like designing how to, because uh, I'm building, like I said, a mobile app with some friends out, at work. Um you put on like user personas, and you think, okay, this is as this kind of user. Here's what I want to be able to do, and as this kind, I want to be able to do this. And you can think of a couple, three, four types of people who might be using this kind of thing, and you can tailor it to all of them. Hmm. Um, but you're you're doing it by thinking first, uh, kind of of your target audience. Mm-hmm. You know, who's this for, mm-hmm. and what are they what are they going to use this for? Um, <laughs> so then that helps you write to that. To that um to that end, yeah. I'm I'm so. worried
1: about being too
0: bland. Uh,
1: one of the things that he did bring up in the Moscow uh Moscow community hub article was that there are a lot of anti cafes in Moscow, and they generally charge about five times more per minute than he does, mm-hmm. and uh, those cafes are they have a lot more people in them, and they you know have a lot of like playstations and uh, uh, soccer and stuff like that, and and he says, I realized that I could make a lot more money on this by doing the same thing, by appealing to a much wider audience, but I don't want to do that. I want to keep this place filtered for the people who are you know, more like the rationalist people who spend a lot of time on introspection and thinking about thinking and stuff like that, and yeah, it's, it's not the financially best idea, but it also keeps the space the way I want it to be, and I don't know, are we trying to appeal to literally everyone? Because I know there's a there's got to be some cutoff as to the market that we actually can feasibly uh, sell to. I don't yeah. I don't like to use sell, but
0: still remain who we are and have our our mission be what it is. Mm. I yeah. think those are two separate points, though. Who will buy our thing, and who are we trying to sell it to? And those should be kind of the same question, but they're not, right? So, yeah. um, a- I think at the end goal, we don't want to have this elite. Well. Maybe we do. this elite class of rationalists who we become an exclusive club with a high barrier to entry. Um, you know, We're not going to raise the sanity water line by staying at being 0.08% of the population or something, right? Right. Or whatever we're at. I,
1: I just think that this growth may need to be a little bit slower than right away open the doors to everyone because... Right now the doors to... are open to everyone. Yeah, they are open to everyone, but there's a lot of filters in that prevent most people from coming.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think that's a really great point that like... I haven't thought about it for five minutes, but I would say that that our our target would be anyone who would have a good time hanging out with the type of person who enjoys rational stuff, um, but who otherwise wouldn't join the rationalist community because of any number of reasons. Like I, I run into people all the time online who um, won't name any names, but like some people who I'm just like, man, you would fit in. Like this, yeah. you would like this, and and, but you've, especially if they're an internet person, they already have some prior impression of the rationality community, which is negative or, yeah, usually negative, honestly. And I'm like, e- even for very, very superficial reasons, like, oh, it's a bit arrogant to call yourself a rationalist, isn't it? I'm like, come on. But, but like, that's that's the level on which I'm like, you say, like even you saying that makes me think that you're the kind of person who thinks in terms that I could appeal to if if I could get past that wall.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really disheartening. I think it was, was it Greg Egon? I think it was Greg Egon who's written some amazing books which are just considered like, you know, n- near the top of rational f- um, fiction canon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is so anti the movement that he wrote in a less wrong analog in one of his books as villains. And I'm like, dude, you're
0: right there with us. Oh yeah, my god, right. how did
1: how did we miss the boat on that one? Yeah. Also,
0: I'm just guessing, having not read any of his books or read this one in particular, but I bet P- I bet rationalists loved that. Yeah. I mean, we had a rationalist analog as the best villain ever in Methods of Rationality. Well, yeah, yeah but Sorta. they were not they were That's not true. good villains. They were like the they were like the the nerd trio from Buffy season six. I think it was season six. I haven't seen. I've only seen most of season one of Buffy, but maybe oh. we'll say like Spock.
1: No, uh, no, no, no! Not like a, at all like, like a, Spock. They, okay. they, they, they were inept, socially incompetent. Uh... Oh, Sheldon's. Yes. Then. Okay. Yes, well, yes. that sucks. Yeah. So
0: he he couldn't even do this the justice of not strawmanning us. Right. Weak. But I mean,
1: there's for some reason he's come to that impression, right?
2: It just drives me crazy because, like, in relative to the the actual Overton window of like what is talked about as mattering. Us and Greg Egon are on the same page. Oh yeah. Like so so it's so destructive and pointlessly wasteful to for, for like it reminds me of all the like David Chalmers attacks on rationality. I'm like, dude, you're you're one of us. Come on.
0: Yeah. Oh wait, we did a um we haven't done this this episode yet. We did can we do a vocab drop? What was an Overton window for anyone who's not familiar?
2: Overton window is is um the the domain of political or even perhaps even non-political topics that it's acceptable to talk about in society um, at a given point in time. And so the point is that the the, the boundaries of the Overton window shift over time um, like to exclude one, certain things.
1: At one point, it was not at all okay about talking about gay people. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you basically couldn't even mention it back in the day. And then it shifted a little, and you could talk about it, but only in terms of, like, those are bad people. And, and you know, it's gone more and more to the point where now people are like, yeah— those trans people are awesome, you know, mm-hmm. which is not the same thing as gay, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's past that. Yes, term, exactly. In terms of histori- for the general public, that's one step even past. Right. That. Historically yeah. anyway. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, yeah.
2: And, and similarly, no longer acceptable to talk about certain racial things that were acceptable in the past. So, yeah, it, right. it's, um, but I mean like the, the actual Overton window of, of discourse doesn't even like, like what we want is like orthogonal to that Mm -hmm. as far as i can tell like if i have like i honestly think the closest thing i have to like political convictions is that humans should like think more clearly figure out the truth about things and then pursue the right answers it's like well matt that's not a political philosophy (laughs) it's like well yeah no i mean uh apparently either side of the spectrum is equally inimical to actually just finding out what the truth is so i guess i'm in either of those camps.
0: That's me and half my moods. And then the last two years, my I've developed the second mood. I want to make a quick interjection for the record. Uh, we had technical issues and had to stop recording for a little
1: bit. We have now come back and are recording again. Uh, that is why there is sort of a disjoint in the conversation here.
0: Yeah, we went downstairs and politics came up. So yeah, yeah. that's where we came back up too. But I wanted to uh, finish up the episode. We've been on it for almost a couple hours. So it's about time to wrap it up. But we had in that notes section, I mentioned at the top of the episode, a uh subheading called side topics uh to indulge steven slash stir the pot and there's at least a couple of these i wanted to get around to if we have time do, um do at least one all right well the one we get this one is do the uh, one you most want to do because we may not have time for a couple all right well one's 30 seconds okay one i saw deadpool 2 uh for the second time because like uh someone had it on their server and i was able to watch it at home and i tried to watch it this time um I had somebody critique the first one when I showed them because they didn't watch a lot of like movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're like, Yeah, I don't know, it was okay, but you know, it didn't even pass the Bechel test or anything and Mm-mm. I'm like, Okay. So I anyway, I wanted to watch Deadpool two to see if it did and I don't think it did either. But so then I, I mainly was just thinking like the Bechel test, you know, Terminator two and Aliens didn't pass it. And like so. No no mixed, no, no, Alien so specifically did pass it.
1: That's the strip that invented the term Bechtel test was referencing Alien.
0: Aliens wasn't wasn't she the only woman in that movie? No, no there was uh, Vasquez. Yeah, no, oh. no, Aliens had Vasquez, but the original Alien also had a yeah, second that was, female. Uh, yeah. oh, okay, they well, both had two. Yeah. Fair enough. So fair Terminator two, two then. All right, but whatever. I was going to mm-hmm. say that like, See, the, sir, the, sir, sir, mix a I like big butts. Passes the Bechdel test. Yes, the, and the, so the, I so I guess Bechdel... I brought that up because I think that's a bad test.
1: Yeah, well, the Bechdel test was never intended to be an uh, you know a one off test on a single movie to determine whether it's a good movie or a bad movie it's more of a barometer of the entire movie scene as a whole and so taken in broad strokes across the entire industry it is indicative of something in any one given movie it's like taking the temperature any one given day you can't say oh global warming is real or global warming is fake because the temperature is higher or lower than it was yesterday you look over a large uh, span of time
2: also i'm pretty sure sarah connor has a conversation with one of the psychiatric ward women about opening the door while she's holding the man hostage. Boom. There we go. Was that a woman? Mm-hmm.
0: All I remember was that pasty doctor.
1: No,
2: yeah. you're right. You're right. It was, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. The woman, well, she had the, the she Drano had the, in his neck.
0: Yeah, she, yeah.
2: she had the, the draino in his neck, and she's saying, open the door. Or I'll kill him. It's a, I'll they're kill talking him. about a man, right? So it not <laughs> <past> the test. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: my God. Uh, <laughs> do I win on pedantic points there? <laughs> I, I'm sure we can find another woman somewhere in that movie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but Miles we Dyson's find, wife. We can't find a bigger badass than Sarah Connor in that movie. It's true. Which
2: is kind of the point of what you're saying, that it's, yeah. not, it's not a fantastic test for judging a movie's merit, because it's like, she's
0: the, like, protagonist. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I that was my just random thought I had. Anyone? Anyway, everyone should watch Deadpool 2. And I had one minor quibble. You guys saw it? No.
3: Oh, see- Deadpool 2? Yeah, yet. I
0: loved it. I haven't yet. You haven't seen it. Oh, then I'll save it. No, no, that's fine. Okay. You're good. You should see it. Uh, is is I, it like I, a I big spoiler? To. Um, Are you familiar with the premise? Uh, You know, just uh, it doesn't matter. I don't care about spoilers. Are you quite sure? Yeah. Really. Okay, fine. Because it ruins one of the funny things. But Cable's watch lets him teleport through time. Mm-hmm. He uses it initially to like teleport back in time. Mm-hmm. And then he uses it later to revert to a younger version of himself. Does he? He uses it in the final fight scene. Yeah. And he doesn't, there's not two cables in the in the final fight scene the second time there's just the one. Oh, yeah you're right and then half the time that deadpool uses it he he does both
1: yep they were inconsistent yeah, about that, that. <laughs> that <was it. laughs> yeah
0: this is a movie that breaks the fourth wall though so right. it does hard, hard to feel too bad about it right but if it, but if deadpool had turned to the camera and said i know this isn't consistent i would have been fine with it <laughs> maybe he does maybe it's one of the fast lines he gets away with or something maybe he does say like why weren't there two of you i don't know uh my other thing that I put on the list was very 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 fast because I wanted to get into it but I'll be quick. The James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy 3 movie. Mm. Uh Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was put on permanent or on indefinite hiatus mm-hmm. because James Gunn put out some bad tweets 8 years ago. Mm-hmm. And while he was working for Trauma no less. Yeah. Are you
3: what? familiar with Trauma? No.
1: Oh my god. Okay. So Trauma is totally the sort of production company that would want you to put out those tweets. They made, uh, like, The Toxic Avenger and Sergeant Kabuki Man and Tromeo and Juliet. And it's basically extremely bad-taste campy horror that was popular in the 80s. Popular in quotes. I mean, it had weird cult followings. But, yeah, it was all about, like, gore and boobs and just everything you think about, like, 80s cheap B-movie horror. That was their thing, and they leaned right into it. They were like, we love this. This is us we're going to have exploding tits on the screen and like in one movie like they found a script about in this uh, about a movie and there was like tits explode on page 97 they're like this is a terrible movie what the fuck and then 30 minutes later in the movie somebody's tits explode when she's shot in the back <laughs> from a shotgun it's ridiculous bullshit but they're totally the kind of production company that
0: would want him pushing those sorts of tweets so that makes me more in in his camp i'm i'm i so the guardians of the galaxy i'm referring to the actors now but i'm gonna it's no surprise that i'll side with the guardians of the galaxy Mm. um uh in both the jokey sense and the real sense they all signed a letter saying look who he was eight years ago isn't who he is now he's totally awesome Mm. and we all agree you guys should this is you know a joke adding to that the fact that this was a deliberate character assassination by an alt-right nut job because gun was insulting president trump kind of makes this a whole dangerous precedent scary thing um so it's, my, it's
1: been a dangerous president, scary thing for a while now. People yeah, have been. Yeah, but now it's impacting Twitter. the MCU. Oh. <laughs> so so now, now the stakes
0: are yeah, right. Now Steven's getting up and he's ready to join the fight. Okay. So, um, uh You know, there. I'm. It's funny. It's, I'm joking. It's right, late right. and now I'm tired. But anyway, I thought there was something. there's more interesting stuff to explore there. But the point is, is like I. I think that uh, I was going to say he was an asshole making bad jokes eight years ago. If now I know that he's working for a place that like you know was leaning into this kind of humor granted it's dark humor no one no one should, no one today should find it funny and you know um, m- most people i'm
1: assuming that, that sort of
0: production company are already the sort of lord
1: asshole type those are the kind that like that sort of humor so yeah he could have still been sort of an asshole making bad jokes but totally that was that was yeah. part of the thing happening right in and disney
0: news history yeah so, yeah it should, it's stupid it, yeah the, the, the main the main thing was that like now that this is out there there's not even gonna be a conversation we need to we need to placate immediately right so I mean, you know, you were talking about using
2: dark arts, and I'm like, with the current climate, we should just continue to whine about this forever <laughs> because it'll probably work. Because like companies are are, are actually, uh, you know, complying with with Twitter mobs. This is happening. Now. Which is yeah. ridiculous. Which is ridiculous, and I'm not happy about it. But if it's happening anyway, maybe we can
0: get James Gunn back on Guardians Three. I think that'd be great. It for, for not just for having a good Guardians three but also for the other societal benefits. I personally am very happy that Guardians Three
1: got put on permanent hiatus because I think stealing it from him was really wrong and mm-hmm. it would
0: not be the right movie without him. Totally. Yeah. That yeah. for that's in that sense I'm I'm glad it was put on a hiatus. I gave you a, a very angry look when you said you were glad it was taken off. No, <laughs> no, no. I, no. Thought you were I would say be happy it if it came back with him. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. But I'm glad that they didn't continue on like taking it from him.
0: Yeah. Right on. Uh I definitely want to hear about, uh, your recovery from your migraine issues. Yeah. Um,
2: I I don't know. I'm trying to to think of what, whether to, how how to frame this, but like, I I basically had, uh, chronic migraines for like between six and 15 years, depending on how you count. Um, I, I mean, depending on whether you count from my, from when I was diagnosed or from when I, Probably started actually having it, but didn't know.
1: And for people who've been listening for a while, uh, Matt was actually on our episode about rationally raising kids, mm-hmm. or rational parenting, mm-hmm. uh, and had to leave maybe 20, 25 minutes in because the migraine got so bad, he couldn't stand up uh, without vomiting anymore.
2: Yeah, um, and that's that's kind of what my life has been like for many, many years. And the, the reason I'm bringing this up is like, first of all, I, I, I never do talk about this normally because it's like, I don't know. You don't want to seem weak and, and pathetic and like stigmatized, but like I've finally found this drug that's actually like cured it. Um, and I haven't had any headaches in a month, which is like the first time that's happened in, in six years at least. Awesome. Um, so it's kind of amazing. And I don't know if I had any like a point other than just like, uh, it's, it's really quite a, quite a thing. To,
1: We're to happy have. for you. You have a great quality of life improvement.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I and I get not wanting to be, you know, talking about that sort of thing. Um, what
2: is the drug? Is it like some kind of experimental new thing? It's newly approved by the FDA, um, and what it does is basically it's like a neurotransmitter blocker for a particular neurotransmitter channel that just like stays in your body for for a long period of time, and um, it just worked Like it doesn't work perfectly for everyone. In, in fact, most people it it helps a little bit but i just happen to be someone who it basically cured and it's a it's a really weird it's a really weird time it's an really weird month I, I i like one thing i was i was saying to to people is, is like i kind of feel like i just got out of prison hmm. because there's like like you would naively think when someone gets out of prison that they're that they would be overjoyed but actually there's like a mixture of bitterness about the time that they lost and then like um paralysis at, at at like the possibilities before them that's kind of my actual state i'm not trying to be negative about it because i'm I'm actually thrilled but it's a it's a subjectively interesting experience to be cured of something that you've had your whole life
0: huh. i can only imagine and yeah I'm, I'm overjoyed that's awesome uh thanks is this i guess if he said it doesn't have a very high success rate for the average person maybe it's not worth plugging the drug but
1: it's called amovig yeah. I'm, I'm really sorry about cutting you off. I literally thought the question was just going to be a quick, what's it called? Amovic. Okay. Back to you. So I didn't mean, didn't mean to steer
0: that away from you. When?
1: Uh, when you were saying, uh, I kind of understand about the whole not wanting to look vulnerable.
0: Oh, sure. I, I mean, yeah, I was going to raise a related thing, but, um, yeah, it's.
1: I think that's a big thing in our, well, that used to be a really big thing in our society. I mean, I think up until the modern era, it was by modern era, I mean the past 20 years, it was a really big thing to hide any weakness you had and always try to look as strong and and fit as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have been somewhat toxic because it's important for everyone to know that we're all struggling with shit. And it's it's good to to be able to commiserate with other people and comfort them and say, "Yeah, I got bad things too." And you you know, otherwise, everyone feels like they're the secret loser and everyone else is awesome. You know. Yeah. But on the other hand, I think we're also in a weird place in society now where in some cases people are like fighting to look as disadvantaged as possible
3: right which Mm -hmm. is
2: just a a thing that has been blowing my mind yeah just just like from my point of view like you don't want to you don't really want to tell your employer how um uh impaired you are you don't want to be the one in every social situation who needs to basically be taken care of or 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 Uh, No, I can't go eat there for this reason. No, I can't do that activity because it would wear me out too quickly. So you just uh, try to soldier through and hide it, um, which is, frankly, from my point of view, it's it's better to soldier through and then collapse than it is to just never try. Hmm. Um, But I'm glad I don't have to struggle with that anymore. But I don't know. I guess I guess the reason to bring it up is like, like you said, it's. I think it's good to be aware of how much like every person is fighting their own battle and, and suffering a lot that you don't see. And um, it's, I almost feel ashamed that I'm only able to talk about it now that I'm, like, out of it. But uh, I think it's worth saying anyway. And
0: I'm I'm glad you did. And the, I guess there's another lesson to draw from that, that uh, how many other things have you tried over the last 6 to 15 years? I mean, I couldn't even enumerate them. Right. Yeah. So And I, that's what I was going to guess. And so I guess this is something that, if you're dealing with something, on, like, if someone else uh, out there is dealing with something that they've, well, I've tried 10 things, it's, you know, maybe number 11, maybe number 12. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so keep keep looking, keep trying, and you might find the thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then you'll have the bitter, bittersweet experience of having found the thing, and you wish that number 50 had been number one, but, uh, you know, it's, I guess, it's a light message for hope, kind of contrasting to where I was at 10 minutes ago talking about politics. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah I've definitely, I mean, I've literally had that, that
2: like thought of, 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 you know, in the past been like, this, this is really, this is really rough, but like, I, I am just going to continue to hope that someday they will figure this out. And I don't know when, but, uh, someday. And, and I almost didn't believe it, Hmm. but just the idea that it might be possible kind of, I don't know. It it seems dramatic to say it kept me going, but it kind of did. So kept you motivated at least. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that's, and guys, fucking someday the entire human race, l- race will be like this for everything
2: yeah and and that, that that's that's a worthy connection to make because it's like this is a bit of a transhumanism thing it's like i was broken and now i'm fixed yeah so
0: yeah i got lasik which is a very that's my weak argument for transhumanism And i've mentioned the glasses thing before but now i don't get to make that point now i get to say i wasn't content with the eyes nature gave me so i got laser eyes yeah that's awesome um, well it's not that interesting and right now i'm seeing slightly worse with glasses which is driving me insane but i've got a few more weeks before i need to go complain to my doctor about it so um but it's just the the transhumanism point that yeah, you know yeah. it you know and this is transhumanism and ever, literally everything else don't settle you know if you're not happy with where things are you know get out there and, and crush it yeah. right so if life gives you lemons don't
1: make lemonade get mad Make
0: life take the lemons back. Yeah. Get Dem- your engineers
1: to build lemons yeah. that are combustible, so you can burn life's house down. Demand to see life's manager.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or make one of those. Lights. I
0: really got to memorize that whole thing. <laughs> I had it all memor. I have it all actually on my phone because I'm a complete nerd. I have all 11 minutes of Cave Johnson's dialogue from Portal 2 yes. on my phone. <laughs> I'm not familiar with this. Oh, Portal 2. I, I never actually played I Portal actually, 2. I actually. I had
1: the entire speech framed on my wall <laughs> up until. I remember the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I think Portal One was the better game, but Portal Two had more memorable moments
0: like that, like Portal, Cave Johnson. Portal Portal One was fun for like the ingenuity. Portal Two was fun because it was engaging for all the other reasons. The dialogue was insanely awesome. They had um, uh Stephen Merchant do the voice of like the little robot that's guiding you around. Uh-huh. And one of the best things to do in that game was just like to just stand there, if he said to do something, yeah. and just just see what he said. Yeah. They recorded so much dialogue for him to sit there like. Well, I guess if you're ready to get around to it, we can we can go do this. Are you there? O- uh- okay. Like, uh-huh. there's just so many random funny things like that. And then, like, random... Uh, no, not random. Just creative ways to drive home hilarious jokes. Like, um, you know, there's different chapters of the game and it'll show at the bottom, like, chapter this or whatever. And it's like, uh, you know... You're going along, and then oh no, I think this is the part where he kills us. And then chapter eight, the part where he kills you. And then he's big there on the screen. Hello, this is the part where I kill you. And then you get a fifty-point achievement. The part where he kills you. <laughs> Just little funny meta jokes like that were hilarious. Did you did you play the
2: first Portal? I played the first Portal, but okay. not the second one. Yeah. No, I love I love. I mean, I, sh- I should you know. I got a. I finally got a computer that can play games, so maybe I'll go get that i'm sure it's super cheap i'd many, check it out yeah many 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 years late it's probably yeah a dollar yeah the gaming experience is the same so yeah. go nuts
0: mm-hmm. cool i will all right you we we took a couple it's your turn to uh, something. yes yeah,
1: so my thing okay uh so i i know that a number a large large a decent fraction of our audience anyway is interested in stoicism and stoic philosophy And uh, we have a friend who was on the podcast before, Thomas Elliott. He was on the podcast about Burning Man and he talked about like, why would you go to Burning Man when you can just go like to all the ancient ruins directly and see these great cultural things and talk with the actual masters of the stuff. And I was like, well... Some of us aren't as adventurous and awesome as you are, <laughs> um, but and that would take more than a week, a year, maybe. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that that was an entire lifestyle for him for a number of years. Uh, but right now, he has made it his next product. Uh, product, his next project to t- translate the in- Enchiridion. Well, Enchiridion, in- yes. Enchiridion? In- is that how you pronounce it?
2: I think it's Enchiridion,
1: in- Yeah. Okay. I think. And I mean, it has been translated before. Oh, quickly, the Enchiridion in- is a Stoic philosophy manual, circa 125 A.D. Uh, by Epis, 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 Epictetus. Epictetus. Thank you. You're on top of this shit.
2: I had a stoic phase. Nice. Okay.
1: Uh, and yeah, there, there have been translations in the past, but he was not uh, content with them. And so he is starting a Kickstarter right now to fund this translation thing that he's doing. Um, and it hasn't launched yet, but the Kickstarter will launch by the time this episode airs, I believe. So we'll have a link to it. Um, as an example, he said, he, he gave this. My translation of Lesson Forty of the Enchiridion In-Kirid- In-Kir- yeah, I think so. Of the In-Kiridian is really different from the prior ones, and I think it is a good representation of why a new translation can be important. I think my translation is not only more suited to being understood by modern ears, but is also actually significantly more faithful to the original word choice. I recognize that, of course, my translation is going to be colored by my current historical biases, but I honestly believe they're less than the previous ones, at least in this instance. So, previously, Lesson Forty. Women from fourteen years old are flattered by men with the title of mistress. Therefore, perceiving that they are regarded only as qualified to give men pleasure, they begin to adorn themselves, and in that place all their hopes. It is worthwhile, therefore, to try that they may perceive themselves honored only so far as they appear beautiful in their demeanor and modestly virtuous. My translation. Women as young as fourteen are catcalled by men. This can give them the impression that the only thing they're good for is sex, and so they put all their hopes in making themselves look good. Instead, you should compliment women on their behavior and virtue. Yeah. One of those is a lot more understandable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first one just strikes me as a really lazy translation because it's like, they, it seems almost verbatim. It has the weird, horrible structure of Latin, whereas his translation is like, sounds like English. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, I can only imagine that at the time the original translation was made, it was the fashion to do it, you know as close as possible which there's a virtue to that probably um but yeah definitely if you want someone to actually read and like it (laughs) it's it's better to have it more palatable so
1: so yeah he's starting the kickstarter for that uh thought it'd be interesting to a lot of people also a slight self-interest in this if the kickstarter reaches a certain stretch goal he is going to pay me to do the audiobook version uh it's only 8,000 words so it's not very long uh but you know you might be able to get to hear my wonderful voice reading things
2: well, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely contribute to that. That sounds fun. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. Be sure to put that on the on the episode. Yeah,
1: I didn't uh, know you had a stoic face.
2: Yeah. Was this like in high school? A lot of phases. No, it was probably like uh, four or five years ago. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. I think it overlaps with rationality quite a bit too, in mm-hmm. terms of in terms of the outlook mainly.
1: I think that's why there is the yeah the overlap that we have. Mm-hmm.
0: I like it. Um, I had one last thing from our uh AMA thread that I put up at the end of the last episode, which we recorded almost a month ago exactly. It's been a long time since we sat down to do this, so it's good good to be back. Yeah. Um, so we have exactly one post on there so far, and uh, somebody with an incomprehensible Reddit handle, but they said hi, Eli. So I'm assuming that's their name. Wanted to know if we're doing uh well. This is to you, but it's on our subreddit. Okay. Are you going to do an unsung audiobook?
1: No. Uh, partially. Well, mainly because someone is already doing an unsung audiobook.
0: In defense of doing another one, I checked on that, and it like has been stalled for a long time. Oh, I has didn't checked on it recently, but it was, it was backlogged by a while, and the person said that they were, as far as I could tell, it was uncertain whether or not it was going to finish.
1: Oh, how far did they get?
0: I'm not sure. I checked back when I was reading unsongs so like two years ago. Okay. I, um, did,
1: I did like what they had going.
0: Okay, let's, let's uh, double check.
1: Yeah, if it, if it ends up having been abandoned, then yeah, maybe, possibly in the future, I might do an unsung audiobook. Cool. Assuming, of course, it's fine with Scott. Sounds like a plan. Oh, I did have also, uh, what was the thing? Oh, um, yeah. Masayin points out that the Less Strong Study Hall is $120 a year. They do have a two-week trial. And if you aren't happy, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. So it's not completely free cool but yeah since we mentioned that in our last episode it was probably good to put uh mention that as well that there is a cost to it Uh, the guy whose name i couldn't figure out how to pronounce m-k-a-i-w-w and i was like m-k-a-u uh apparently call me kai the m and the w's on the end are uh, ignored so nice just yeah
0: putting that out there that might have been the same person who wrote in on the last one i'll have to double check
1: Oh yeah, there's also someone don't recognize who that has an unpublished draft less wrong post title something like why don't motivation techniques work. Yeah, who who would write such a thing? <laughs> I think we should motivate him to to write that because it's uh it sounds really interesting. And you say that you've read a bunch of these books and you've never found uh you've never found anything to be really motivating.
2: Yeah, um that's accurate. I I uh don't I, I was basically in the post as it stands in draft form is like sketching out this idea that like kind of seems like your mind adapts to every motivation technique that you learn and Mm -hmm. like finds a way around it. That was kind of the point that I was making. And I was like, first of all, why, why is this? Um, And then, and then how, how could we address this? I've honestly been having a lot fewer problems with motivation ever since I've stopped being in horrible physical pain all the time. So that's, Maybe coupled to the fact that um motivation techniques don't seem to work for me in in the past,
1: no. I've noticed that it's much easier for me to do things as well when I'm feeling more physically and emotionally healthy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we on to something here, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe health is awesome, yeah uh, and finally, will Landu uh, wants to plug uh, deep work, a great book by Cal Newport. Uh, he does mention a number of things, uh, but the, th- the main thing he hits on is that distractions really suck and can destroy the the deep focused work that you need to do a lot of important productive things. Uh, he says that's a problem with many contemporary workplaces, too many emails, meetings, mens- instant messages, open office plans, random interruptions, just feeling that you're always being watched and it's just antithetical to productivity. And so he is on uh, my side, uh, says, I strongly agree with Ineosh and Steven that it takes too much time to recover from interruptions and would advise against tools like timers that pull you out of your work every 20 minutes. And yeah, I've also found that I'm really much more productive when I just go hard for a number of hours.
0: And to be, to be uh, clear with my position on that, I've never tried one of those tools. So it might actually work really well for me. Yeah. But my suspicion is that it might not it might depend it we also uh, and jess agreed to this too like it, it depends on what we're doing right you know if it's something that requires you to stay in the in the zone and like if you're if you've got all this in your head and you're trying to get it down then you know being pulled out of it is just gonna have to make you rebuild that web again so
1: it's interesting even when i was doing uh renovations which is not mentally taxing it takes a little bit of you know mental work but it's mainly physical skills I still found it much easier to keep working once I'd started working. If I had to like stop for twenty minutes for stop for five minutes every twenty, I don't know, man. Would have been awful. Mm -hmm. But I I guess I should not knock it before I've tried it, so at some point I'll give this Pomodoro technique a shot.
0: Nice. Oh, and to be clear, Kai was the same one who wrote in with the um unsong question. Oh oh okay. The comment says hi, comma Eli, comma. I'm not sure Maybe
1: he thinks my name is Eli.
0: That's a Generous misunderstanding of Inyash, but mm. it happens. Uh, I, I've, I've lived with this name for so long, I've heard everything. Eli is not too far out of the box. I just feel like it's too short to even sound like. But yeah, it could be. That's all right. Anyway, thanks for the comment, Kai. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Are we done? I think so.
1: Okay. We just have to thank our patron. Yes. Uh, we want to do this next time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It. we've had a couple technical issues that have delayed us, and it's getting we're well into three hours here and we usually, this is going to be like a two hour episode. So um, I think we'll save the, we'll do two patrons next time. Okay. Okay.
1: So instead, thanks to Kyle for putting up with our shit. Yes. (laughs) And making us
0: sound good. Thanks for having me guys. Yeah. Thanks again for coming on. And uh, everyone should read Worm and Ward by, I know some of the other stuff uh, Wild Bow's written, but I haven't read Twig or Pact yet. So yeah, Twig's good. uh, I haven't read Pact. Okay. So, uh, but when you guys do read those, Listen to Matt's podcast, uh, We've Got Worm, and We've Got Ward.
2: Thank you. Appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Anything else you want to plug while you're here? No? No. That that sounds good to me. Sounds good. All right. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.